0: Hey, welcome to episode 31 of Minute of Your Time. This is going to be just me, just a quick chat and check-in because it's been a hell of a January to say the least. I actually have a really great episode in the queue with my good friend T. Will Works where we will be talking about the future of the live event industry, as well as investing and whether real estate is a good move. He is a serial entrepreneur who has been immensely successful in both the live event space and in real estate, both here and abroad. And so that is a great episode that I really hope that you guys check out because there is a lot of information in there that I think dispels some of the stuff that we see on LLC Twitter or now that everybody's into Bitcoin and flipping houses and Airbnbs, just hearing straight from someone who's actually done it, as well as me being an entertainment attorney and live events being so critical To the just meat and potatoes of experiencing artistry and experiencing music um, and just experiencing just uh, I think art at its essence um, is encompassed in live events. And of course, we've been missing a lot of that in person connection um, the festivals that have really taken off just due to the pandemic so Tiwa talks about just maybe what those who are in the live event industry are interested in getting into should be doing while we have this break but we see uh, the pandemic turning a corner with um, the vaccines on the rise so that's really going to be a great episode and I'm can't tell you more good things about it without giving it away. I actually want to just talk briefly about the elephant in the room, which of course is not related to law or business, kind of, which is the transition of the presidency to our new president, Joe Biden, and his vice president, Kamala Harris, from uh, former president Donald J. Trump. And I specifically want to talk about an article that I wrote for Revolt the day after the 2016 election and the name of that article was why a Trump election isn't as bad as you think <laughs> and boy hindsight is 2020 so that is what today's episode is going to be about it is going to be my reflections on that article how in some ways I was so spot on right but in a lot of ways of course we know I was dead ass wrong so (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this little break from the episode um, until I come back with regular content and I am going to just hop right on in All right, guys, let's hop in. So the name of the article, just like I said, is Three weas- Reasons Why Trump as President Isn't As Bad As You Think. This was published on November 9th, 2016 on Revolt.tv. You can find it. My name is in the byline. Um and I want to just go over the three points. I'll put a link in the show notes to the article as well. But here is where I was was going with this. It's like, you know how you just try to find um a silver lining in something. And I just remember people crying. I remember where I was when I saw that he won. And I just like couldn't believe it. Like I was demoralized. I was sad. And I think even for myself, I wanted to find just a glimmer of hope for people who I think were just so completely devastated by the fact that he won. So here are the three points that I made in the article why I thought that um, him winning wasn't as bad as you thought. So I said, number one, that this wasn't your fault, that your your vote does matter. So although Trump won, um, the polls showed that voter turnout was up by 5%. And that Hillary, even though she didn't win overall, she overwhelmingly won among both young and minority voters by double digits. And those demographics, although it did not impact the outcome of the presidential election, it was a major factor in the passage of key items that impact and affect everyday lives, like increased minimum wage in five different states, increasing background check requirements for buying guns and keeping states from turning local schools to charter. And so to me, it was like, hey, look, our candidate didn't win or the person who we thought maybe would be better qualified for the job or who we thought was a shoe in did not win by some stroke of horror. However, don't let the fact that your candidate didn't win defeat you and demoralize you from participating in the voting process. And so to me, it even though Hillary lost and Trump won It was a great thing that voters turned out and they voted on a lot of great state and local measures that changed and impacted their everyday lives, even though Trump was in office. And so I just felt like because these young and minority demographics were mobilized and we had movement on things that impact our everyday lives, it was a shift in the right direction. And we can see that that momentum carried on into the 2020 elections, into the runoff here in the state of Georgia with Ossoff and Warnock now being the senators from the state of Georgia and ultimately creating equality in the Senate. And giving control to the Democrats with Kamala Harris being the the tie-breaking vote. And so to me, it was, yes, it really, really stunk. And so I think my, my kind of statement of it isn't as bad as you think which I'll go into more, had nothing to do with Trump as president, but really trying to find the silver lining in the fact that some key demographics that are going to be impacted by the world around us for years to come, which is the youth and the minority vote that we got out, we were mobilized, and we made change. And so even in that one instance of the presidential election, it wasn't the change we were looking for on so many other issues, including minimum wage, gun rights reform, um, local public schools, it did have the impact. And so that was one way in which I was right, that your vote does matter, and that we kept that same energy for four years, and we flipped Georgia blue, we flipped the Senate, we got our voice heard. And so that was at least one area where I was dead on. And I really hope that this momentum this energy continues in the 2022 elections and 2024. That I feel like when there is substantive change and things turn positively, there is a sense of complacency. And I, I even know that I kind of experienced that complacency in the Clinton Trump uh, election cycle because I just, I just thought she was a shoe in, you know. And so I hope that we learn this lesson. From the past. As I say, uh, hindsight is 2020. I hope that we learn this lesson from the past and that everything is not automatic, that we can't get complacent just because we have a victory. Um, take the energy of knowing that your vote matters, that there are key demographics that have been counted out in the electoral process. And now that we realize that there is power in our voice, as my illustrious sorority says, that we need to continue to use it in each and every cycle, no matter what is going on. So that is number one. Let's move on to number two. Number two, I said that no wall around Mexico would be built and that it would still be business as usual in Congress. Woo! That is, I mean, it, that, that was split down the middle. So I, of course I was right about the wall. Like we knew Mexico was not gonna pay for some wall to be built around their border. And with all the stuff that was going on in America, we knew that Congress can't find money for public schools. They can't find money for the arts. They can't find money for healthcare. I knew they weren't gonna somehow find some money for a wall to be built at the border. And all Trump got was a glorified fence. But that's really the end of where I was right on number two, because it was not business as usual in Congress. And let me tell you what I meant there. Is And so I say in the article that Congress fought President Obama tooth and nail on literally every item in the agenda. And I thought that they would do the same thing with Trump because at the time, more than 160 Republicans had either said they don't support him or had withdrawn their endorsement of him or asked him to step down. I, and I have the I'll put the link to the New York Times article that that lists all one hundred and sixty Republicans. And so, in my mind, I was thinking that the Republican Party would stay true to their values. Well, little did I know or realize, and maybe it's just uh, just being naive and being young that the Republican Party would turn a corner and decide that they would stand behind a misogynist, uh, a liar, um, someone who would collude with foreign entities, uh, someone who was inevitably self-interested at every level of decision-making. I just, someone who hated minorities will put kids in cages at borders. I, there, I am... I am just so bipartisan in my thinking. I do not give my loyalty to any one party. Number one, I give my loyalty to God first and foremost. But number two, everybody who is put in place is there to represent the people. And there are people in both parties who are conservative, liberal, anywhere on the spectrum that can do a job that represents the best interest of the people who they are elected to represent. Not some subsect, not some small corner, but everybody that they are elected to represent. And so when I am looking and deciding at who is the best candidate for me, I am more than willing to look across the aisles. You know, I'd, I'd speak fondly of Mitt Romney all the time. I always have. And to me, he's somebody who... Um, Even though he's made a lot of decisions that I haven't agreed with, he is not somebody who automatically toes the party line. um, Where they even after they shifted, where he said there are certain Republican values, there are certain beliefs that I have that I cannot cross the line. And I really thought that all 160 of these Republicans who said that they did not endorse him, that they said he did not represent their party, I thought they would keep that same energy. And boy was I wrong. So at the expense of the American public, when there was clear evidence that he colluded with Russia for his own personal benefit, they decided to keep him in office. Despite the fact that our neighbors ran up in the Capitol and broke out windows, interrupted a federal proceeding, disgraced the federal grounds, they still wanted to challenge an absolutely legitimate election even after spreading rumors with absolutely no evidence that the election had been rigged, it, it was, this is the wildest movie goosebumps choose your own adventure bullshit. I just could have never in my life imagined the past four years happening, putting kids in cages at a board. Like I, this, if somebody wrote this as a movie, it wouldn't have gotten picked up by a studio because it would have been too outrageous. But yet, this was the last four years that we lived where white supremacy was okay and encouraged at the highest levels. That just the people elected in office, just time and time again, acted in their own self interest, even against the interest of their traditional. Party values just really blew my mind. And now that, you know, this all after the insurrection at the Capitol on the 6th and the certification of Biden going through, now members of the Republican Party and changing their tune to now speak out against Trump's actions and speak out against hateful rhetoric. It's like, it's too little too late because you were fine with this for four years. Woo! So... You know, there's that. There is that. I was absolutely wrong to think that people would err on the side of human decency, decorum, doing the right thing, true, um, respectful debate, difference of opinion, agreeing that we could disagree without the other person not deserving of life (laughs) or limb, that was really unbelievable. So for number two, I got it right that no wall would be built around Mexico, but I got it wrong that I thought that the Republican Party would stay true to their traditional values and continue to not back Trump, but instead they they flipped the script and they absolutely aligned with him at all costs, even when it was not in their personal best interest. Woo. Okay. I know I got hype for that. So let's, let's take it down. So for number three, this again was something that I missed the mark on. I said that number three, when all else uh, fails, petty will. Pro- I thought that the system of checks and balances would be in place And that and I literally says, I said this, like, if you go look at the article, it says, please trust that a Trump presidency is going to be the truest trial of the checks and balances system in US history. And Congress will not hesitate at its first opportunity to bring him up on impeachment charges for the slightest indiscretion. So sit tight. The Constitution was made for times like this. And although we often feel that the system fails us, this may be the one time the Constitution proves to be the saving grace of the American public. J.K. Because what I did not realize, again, in being naive, is that... Trump would fill so many uh, judicial federal vacancies that he would have the ability to fill so many Supreme Court seats. And so there were no checks and balances because this is as if I am looking to get into school, and my uncle is the director of admissions, and my next-door neighbor is the dean of the school, and my mother-in-law is the president of the university. That's what this was. This was, okay, I have this job, and now I can handpick everybody to make sure that everything aligns the way that I want it to. And so, therefore, because everyone was in cahoots with each other and absolutely aligned on the agenda that they wanted to get across, regardless of the interest of the American people, We have now seen what's happened in the last four years. I couldn't have imagined this. Like, I think I, not I think, I know that I had a really rose-colored view of how well our government worked, that I had really taken for granted just because of the era that I was raised in of common human decency aligning to some sense of morals and principles. I I think I really just took for granted that the way that our democracy had been working for the past 30 or so years could ever shift or could ever change. I definitely took it for granted. And so if there's anything that the last four years shows, and especially 2020, in my opinion, is that as Americans, we've been living in this bubble for so long. And we look at international news and we look at governments be overthrown or elections be rigged or insurrections happen. And you, it's easy to sit in your American home and be like, whoo, it is wild over there. I am going to pray for them. But realistically, this could happen and did happen here in America. And I continue to pray for our country and everywhere around the world because, I mean, peace is just so fragile. It is so fragile. And that is the biggest lesson that I think I've learned in the past four years is is just realizing how fragile peace is and how many people and different parts play in keeping the peace, keeping common human decency across entire populations, and how just a handful of people can completely disrupt that and shift the thinking of literally 70 million people who think and align with Trump. And so that is my look back on these past four years um, where I got it right (laughs) as it relates to the election and where I definitely got it wrong. And it's been a learning lesson for me. I'm so grateful. I'm always grateful to be an American, to grow up in this country, to know my history, an African American and still proudly say that i am an american and i think that the youth poet laureate really phrased all of these ideas of it's not to say that we haven't experienced the hardship it's not to say that we aren't um an imperfect union but it's also to say that it is exemplary of the true American spirit that we're going to keep trying no matter what, we're going to keep fighting no matter what, that hopefully in the end, we all realize that we can be different, that we can think different, we can hold different opinions, we can believe different things, but we can all still live together in peace and be the best versions of each other and turn corners together. And that is really where we are right now. And so I appreciate kind of having this little gym in history as like a timestamp to really see the difference in. How I thought four years ago, well, now five years ago, as opposed to the reality that we've lived through in the Trump presidency and how that's shaping decisions moving forward and also the gratitudes moving forward of understanding how fragile our government is, how fragile our daily peace and freedoms are. We've learned that with the the pandemic, ancestors struggle as just outside of political things, just realizing how we've taken for granted just the small things in life. And 2020 and the, you know, the previous years just have really shown us that this could all change in the blink of an eye and nothing is to be taken for granted. So I am going to go ahead and wrap the episode there. So tell me, what did you think it was going to be like in 2016? And could you have imagined what took place over the last Four years. Drop me a note in the comments. Go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice note if you're feeling fancy. Um, I'll come back in just a second and wrap the episode. Listen, you guys, as I come to wrap the episode, I'm more than willing to admit when I am right and when I am wrong. And you know what's funny is that um, the editor at the time, her name is Dri, um she really fought for my article to be posted because I will tell you that an advisor of a former president. Uh, actually reached out and said that they felt like it was irresponsible to publish an article like this because a Trump presidency was going to be really terrible. Um, And of course, it wasn't terrible, even though this person was absolutely right. It wasn't terrible in the way that they described, nor did it take away the things that I was right about as far as um minority voters youth voters getting involved getting engaged and having the power to really change and flip elections there's nothing that's going to take away that power um but this person obviously knew much deeper things much more classified things and understood um all levels of what we were dealing with at a level that I just was unaware of that just wasn't on my radar um And it's definitely been... An eye opener. It's been a journey in my faith and reliance on God just to see how crazy things have turned with the pandemic, with social unrest and injustice this summer, with the political division. It's been a heck of um, an emotional year. And coming into 2021, I definitely want to take the lessons learned, the 2020 hindsight gain, and really operate with a heightened sense of wisdom discernment caution and appreciation for the small things that is what I'm carrying into 2021 this is probably one of the first years that I didn't make some kind of goal list for the year or or things like that. I just want to be appreciative of the small things around me. I want to have discernment. I want to have wisdom. Those are the things that I am praying over myself for this year. So you guys let me know on social. You can follow me everywhere at Shea M Lawson. You can follow the podcast at M-O-Y-T podcast on Instagram, drop a message in the comments and tell me what are the things that you are carrying throughout 2021? Having experienced the last four years, having experienced and successfully lived through 2020, what are you newly appreciative of? What are you carrying moving forward? What are you letting go of? What are your lessons learned? Those are the things that I would love to hear from you. I'll be back uh, with a new episode that's more aligned with what I normally talk about, but I love to give these kind of more interpersonal breaks. Of course, there's this duality that I have where I absolutely care about and invested in society and social issues and politics. Um, even though the theme of the podcast is entertainment and, and legal advice for for entrepreneurs will not advice because I am not your attorney and this is for information purposes only but just really <laughs> having this space to share all things that I'm passionate about I appreciate you all giving me this platform and so until we meet again this has been Minute of Your Time